The bean holes, it's Eric and Nate. The bean holes, they're really pretty great. So shut up and listen to them talk. Eric and Nate. What up? I'm Nate. I'm Eric. And we are the bean holes. Bean holes power activate. Welcome to another episode of The Bean Holes. I don't know if we've ever identified ourselves as The Bean Holes before. It's just one of those things that are implied. You don't have to yell it every time. Well, no, like, but I don't think we ever have at all. Like, is, did, is that, do you consider us The Bean Holes, or do you just consider, like, since we've been doing this main topic? When thing, I send emails on behalf of The Bean Holes, I say that I'm one half of The Bean Holes. I am a bean hole. I'm the bean of the bean holes. So I'm the hole. <laughs> That's how I've pictured it. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> um, well, before we uh, get into our talks, I would like to ask our loyal viewers who are not viewers, but let's not, let's not start doing the same shtick as, as our good, not at all friends. Mike and Tom at Mike and Tommy Snacks. Let's not get into that. Uh, good podcast if you like snacks. Good, yeah, or good podcasts. Yeah. It's a good podcast if you like good podcasts. Um, if you but, like uh, snacks or like not talking about snacks, check that out. <laughs> not talking about it? A few episodes I've listened to, they will oh, go on tangents. 50% where, yeah. minimum of every episode is not at all about snacks, but... Um, so that's 50-50. If you like the half of snacks and yeah. not snacks, yeah. go and listen to them. But anyway, um, we're plugging a different podcast on a different network that does not involve how either of us. How dare you? Um, how dare they not be affiliated <laughs> with us? Um, but um, what was my point? Your point was... Oh, yeah, we know we know awesome that we don't have viewers listeners. just like they don't have viewers. Um, listeners, the beans. Gonna gonna ask them, beans. Are you like me? Do you feel unloved because nobody talks to you? Well, no, no one is there to read you a book. Yeah, you can get someone to read you a book, thereby talking to you, by going to audibletrial.com dot com slash beanholes and and getting getting your free book free audio book from audible yeah go try out the service if you don't like it you don't have to stay with it but you get to keep whatever book you want yeah and that's really cool yeah it's pretty awesome my free stuff yep and you're helping out the bean holes too and what's what's life then if you're not helping out the bean holes i'd say it's probably still pretty okay but it's yeah. certainly better if you do help us that's right you help us and we will help you with us talking to you as well because we do love you beans we love beans <laughs> it's just it's just like that all right all right well uh me and you we like to we like to talk about marvel we talk about that a lot yes you and i do like to talk about marvel a lot yeah a little too much but um, i'm comfortable with it i like it um two things that I've kind of come out this week. Uh, Spider-Man. Now, we're two, two years away from getting uh, another 
reboot of Spider-Man, which Indeed. I think this ties with Superman. Or, no, definitely ties with Bat- <laughs> Batman with like most reboots. Oh, oh, okay. Because there was the... Actually, no. Batman's up there with like four. I guess. Well, different series. You, know, you had the 60s, then you had the 90s movies, and even though there were different actors, they were kind of in the same universe yeah yeah and then there's the chris nolan and now we're getting ben affleck but anyway ben affleck uh they're making sure since this is peter parker's uh, to marvel this is the their first official spider-man in their yeah yeah in their universe so they're making sure that uh shit gets right so yeah and this is not that this is not unheard of but this is definitely um something interesting where they brought all six hopefuls to uh of the role of peter parker down to atlanta of the set of captain america civil war Mm -hmm. and did screen tests supposedly with actors of you know uh, of civil war possibly robert downey jr was was rumored to be one uh to see how things would go and of course kevin feige and you know anyone who else works with marvel watching these the young actors I, I know that two of them are i think tom and and uh asa butterfield are tom holland are around 18 mm-hmm. and 18, 19, they, yep. they go from all six they go as young as 14 apparently some of the actors are wow i think three of them around 14 15 so um i guess just seeing how you know, cause I think they want to go young. They want to also have Peter Parker grow with the movies. That's the point. And I remember when they rebooted Amazing Spider-Man, their whole thing was, we want someone younger who can actually be in high school. And they did the same thing they did with Tobey Maguire, where in the first movie he's in high school, but then the second he's out. Yeah. So, but well, I think... Did with- they, I didn't think it was like that, but I mean, they cast somebody who's like 50 years old to play him. I might be exaggerating slightly. No, yeah, no, you, no. You're actually on the point. He was 50, but no. The second movie opens up with his graduation from high school. Mm-hmm. So then it kind of begs the point of, well, did you really need someone that young to do that? But it looks like they really want to go. Uh, even if the age, because like Asa Butterfield, he's 18. He looks like he could pass for like 15, 12. 16. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Charlie Rowe, uh, he's 19 years old. It says right there. So it was... Uh, I'm just I'm just looking these up while we talk. Yeah. Here go. Um, it was Tom Holland, Asa Butterfield, uh, Charlie Rowe, Judah Lewis, Matthew Lintz, and... Uh, another Charlie that was in there. What was his uh, the other Charlie Plummer? Charlie Plummer. So it's from Boardwalk Empire. Uh, those are your those are your six. Now I think it was a week ago. Latino Review. Someone just came out and said someone who's usually a pretty good source with rumors just came out and said Asa Butterfield is Spider Man. To them, well, they had people already in Marvel saying, "Yeah, he's been chosen." And then a week later, you hear about these. Yeah. These. Well, you bring in some other people, and sometimes you end up changing your mind. But it's, you know, 
Well, this like, sounds like I, I said it like I, I think before, before they even um, announced that that they were even recasting. I was like, oh yeah, he's the next one, and it was funny because I think I blew your mind with that. Because well, you also had him. What blew my mind is I thought you had called it before we even started talking about it. Like, hey, next Spider-Man's going to be Ace Butterfield, but it was actually one of our earlier episodes where you cast him as the human lead in a possible Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh yeah. 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 And so it was, no, it was not in a podcast, but it was like that same day when we were talking, I had said, he's the next Spider-Man. No, we actually recorded that. We went on the air with our, I know, but I'm saying like the part where I told you he was the next Spider-Man was not on the podcast. Okay. The Sonic the Hedgehog thing as a joke though. But yeah, um, he's, is I'm, I'm kind of entertained by the fact that I I made that call and then they said they were recasting and and he wasn't even on the early lists but now like the last twenty lists I've seen he's the only one that's consistently yeah on there. Tom Tom has been on like half of them but mm-hmm. Asa Butterfield has been on every list my my thinking is if last week it was kind of confirmed but they're doing screen tests I feel like a, that just means a lot of people within Marvel like him as the role that I bet, I bet that whoever I, for Feige or whoever's really making this call, it's already made and they're bringing the other dudes in because I think Butterfield and his people are like, look, we, we know it's going to be him. We know you want him. So like give us $8,000 million and, and you can have him. And they're like, well, we're going to try out some other people just in case and also to make you nervous so that you maybe bring your price down a little <laughs> bit. So it'd be good if they if they did that. I think it's genius, especially with that character, uh, yeah. to, to do the tests with, you know, actors he's going to be, you yeah. know, with, especially in that movie. Also, I feel like when you're working with someone that, with people that young, I mean, we've seen it before, sometimes... Like with, uh, with uh, probably most of the Harry Potter kids, for example, they end up pretty stable and and uh, and growing into mature roles and all that. And sometimes you end up <laughs> like with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> at that age and in his twenties and. He's 30s like, and he's 40s. Like Ace of Butterfield. That kid, that kid looks like he could do 20 lines of blow. Right. He's hired. <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's you, you you take someone who is young enough to look like an authentic high school student because that's what you want for the role and you put them at mega stardom instantly. They're going to be they're going to be racing their racing their sports cars up and down in California and getting involved in the dog fighting and getting on the pot. Well, here's the thing. I don't think, I think it'll be great that if he is getting into this universe, it sounds like on, unlike some other people you might've been alluding to, he'll have, uh, adults to mentor him throughout the, uh, you know, throughout the process. And, you know, by the time, like, come on! You're starting out in this role with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and all these all these actors doing this movie. You go it on your own. I I think that's also possibly something they're looking at. Um, yeah, 
when getting the role is uh how are these you know we're gonna have trouble with somebody you don't want you know someone in the tabloids like a yeah. year or two years from now it's like yeah. that's your spider-man hopefully for the future yeah and it is it's a great it's a great ensemble of people to to have around you to to mentor you through stardom because you've got you've got chris evans who is a fucking boy scout yep and then you've got robert downey jr who will <laughs> who will do what is who probably would do what is really not acceptable to most people in today's society and he'll actually teach you responsible drug use <laughs> um <laughs> I, i'm fine with that <laughs> Be like, listen, I know how much is too much, and we're going to get just barely up to there, maybe a little bit beyond there, just so you know what I'm that I know what I'm talking about, and then we'll work you back down, and you'll stay at a nice, uh, <laughs> nice, slightly fucked up level for the rest of your life. There wasn't even a screen test, it was just Robert Downey Jr. taking drugs with he's the like, kids he's just like, to see which one could <laughs> handle it. <laughs> That that's that's really that's the real reason. It's not it's that not Butterfield about, can handle his shit. He's hired. Not about child labor laws. It's like we <laughs> uh, Bob Junior here. He he wants to do blow with Spider Man. So you, we need these guys to be eighteen. And you you, you know if parents like have you ever seen uh, it was like in Bruno they had that scene where. They were trying to get uh, babies for the photo shoot, yeah. And they would just read ridiculous things to the parents, like, "Yeah, uh, your daughter needs to lose twelve pounds in a month. Can you handle that?" And the mom's like, "Yeah, absolutely." <laughs> like, like she weighs thirteen pounds. Yeah, these, these parents, uh, like some of these parents for you know their kids will do anything if they're like, "Okay, we're really interested in giving your kids Spider Man, but um, they need to be able to handle drugs, Robert Down Jr. Are you fine with that? They'd be like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That'll be Spider-Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, Daniel Tosh does that a lot too. He takes advantage of the fact that parents will do anything to get their kid the, the SAG card. Oh, yeah. Which is for people who are not following along, who haven't seen Bruno or don't know what the SAG card is. It's your, it's your union, your, your screen actors guild card for, for the acting union, uh, it's it's a it's a paradoxical situation when you're trying to break into movies because lower budget movies that you would think can afford to take risks or can't afford not to take risks really on unheard of actors. It's actually a lot of them. They have to go with people who are already established acting guild members because it, it costs a lot of money to get your your union card. To join the union, you can't join it unless you have a job, and most jobs you can't get the job until you're in the acting union. So it's yeah. uh, it's a catch twenty two, and you got to get into uh, into the few gigs that are like we will pay the ten thousand or whatever it is for for you to get your and that's your gold. acting guild like card. Someone and give says you the they're going to pay that. Like that's gold. That's like you're yeah. in. So if 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 you're Six-year-old kid's first acting, first union acting gig is... Doing blow with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> well, no, I mean, to be realistic, though, if, if it's it's if it's having Daniel Tosh yell at them about about uh, what what not to put in your butthole, like, you're, you're going to do it because that's the only way to get your kid his acting job that you want to force him to do because you never really made it yeah. you, you suck it up you and you look you look beyond that like hey this could be an you Oscar have to say right suck here. it up right after i talked about yes 
Okay. One day my son will be getting an Oscar and he'll remember that his start out was Daniel Tosh yelling at him about buttholes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um, well, I'm excited. They're every every single one of them uh, is has has a has at least one really solid credit to their name. Um, all these these six kids um, and and potentially look the part some more than others but but all more than toby mcguire <laughs> i still always will have a, a love for toby mcguire oh I, I absolutely love him he just didn't it's i don't know a, like a, a short stocky dude as spider-man just it didn't it didn't work <laughs> for me it's just, it's but just, yeah it's just one but, of those it's one of those things for toby mcguire that no matter like no matter who plays Superman in the future, like a hundred years from now, like Christopher Reeve will still, yeah, you know, he'll still have his statue somewhere. But Toby, um, I do I clarify again for people that are maybe hearing us for the first time. Loved him, loved loved especially the second Spider-Man movie. If I'm remembering correctly, hated the third one, but loved the second one with him. Loved loved the first one with him, and. uh I love the trilogy, and he was a fan. Well, good for you, but okay. but you're wrong to love the third one. And, I'll argue um, that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Keep going. Um. I don't know. No. My point is, he his, he played a great Peter Parker. He just didn't have the the super skinny look that I think is kind of necessary for the Spider Man character. Yeah, it's all it's all, it's all one package. You got to fill. Um, so we're going from, uh, war on earth into space. Uh, James Gunn, the writer and director of guardians of the galaxy, which if you haven't seen it, you're missing out. Even if it's one of those movies, that, even if you haven't, Peter uh, Gunn, I'm saying the Peter Gunn song. Go ahead. <laughs> great, great theme song. Horrible show. Yeah. But spy hunter was the best video game ever made. I'm the Kanye West of 8-bit video games. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, if you, you don't need to be into the Marvel Cinematic Universe to enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy because it really has, at this point, other than the Infinity Gems, has nothing really to do with what's going on in the Avengers universe. But anyway, uh, he just finished the first draft of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I said, hey, what's, what's going on? One of those moments. I'm sorry. I guess I'm doing a, a music track after yeah. every comment you make. That actually, yeah, I don't, you probably even read the story. Uh, part of the news of his first draft of the script was that um, he basically, Kevin Feige read like 10 pages and called him up and said, I'm, I'm already like, I don't even need to read the rest of it. You could make this movie. You're good. <laughs> uh, but, he already has the whole soundtrack for Awesome Mix Volume 2 and that every song is in the script, just how he did the first movie. And he actually, like the reason why that soundtrack was so good was because he wrote those songs specifically, not that he wrote the songs, but he wrote those <laughs> songs knowing what scenes they would take place in and how, you know, where they would work and everything. So, um, so that's cool that he's doing the same thing. Yeah. So bunch of 80s hits and, and whatever. Confirmed Hulk is not going to be in the movie. In Guardians. Okay. And that was a big rumor that me and you had kind of stuck on. Like, I think he'll ease appearing in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. 
Um, and, and then he said he actually went back and read more of the comics of mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy preparing for this and that, you know, the story is definitely not going to be one taken from the comics, but there is a lot of influence and um, Yondu and Nebula are back and that, of course, the, the whole script is about fathers. So mm-hmm. Star-Lord's mm-hmm. father, Thanos probably is going to be another big part. So Whoa. Yeah. Oh, 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 I thought you were just casually mentioning as absolute fact that that Thanos was No, he'll Star-Lord's probably. Father. I mean, if if he he has said before the script is is a very father heavy script. No, 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 I know, but you weren't no. saying that Thanos is Star-Lord's father, were you? No, no. Okay. I said Star-Lord's like father Thanos, possibly comma, Thanos yeah. will be in there. What do um, you think did did we talk about this the whole did the uh the the collector being I think we talked about it on on BNM. What, um, that, uh, the 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 collector being his father that that theory. I don't know if we talked about that on the on the copod, but you have mentioned that before. Hmm. Okay. Uh, another thing, uh, Thunderbolt Ross mm-hmm. for the first time since the Incredible Hulk movie, which I thought they kind of just dumped to the side, like it's the stepchild of the whole universe. Like well, it, it counts. He's going to be in Civil War, and rumor is now Red Hulk is going to be a part of it. I don't buy it. (laughs) Is it something you don't want to see, or is it something that you're just like, yeah? I mean, I guess it would be be cool, I guess, to see that, but... I I don't know. It's been... There have just been more and more complaints about how... Um, you know when when the scenes basically the reason the Hulk movies don't work is be, because to or I think I think a main reason the Hulk movies don't work is because the big battles end up just being like you're watching a video game like there's no real people on screen at right. all it's just two computer generated monsters fighting and and even with like Hulk versus Hulkbuster you had Downey Jr. talking throughout the yeah, you know, and you saw you saw shots of his face, and it was you saw him reacting, and um, Hulk and Red Hulk would it would just it would be like a Christmas themed video game. <laughs> like it, it re- I I can't. It's just too much. It's uh, I I I. Well, it's just a rumor. It's not anything that's confirmed, yeah. but, but Ross is coming back in the movie. Same actor. I forgot who it was at the moment, but uh, it ties into that. Sam Elliott? No. Was it? No. Uh, <laughs> all I know is, is that finally that scene with Robert Downey Jr. is tying into the whole universe. So yeah. Maybe it was Sam Elliott in the, in the Eric Panna movie. He's just searched the thunderbolt. Is that what, I'm just absent-mindedly Googling, and all I searched was thunderbolt. Like, yeah, thunderbolt. It'll come oh, up. Oh, apparently, General Ross was played by a cable manufactured by Apple. What a great name, too. Thunderbolt Ross. Well, you'd know that's not his given name. I know. Sam Elliott was in the original Hulk, uh, but it's William Hurt. Ah, right. Okay. Damn it, Sam Elliott's so, uh, honestly much better. Yeah. I'd rather see John Hurt than William Hurt. Yeah, even that. You, hey, you you, 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 what? No, I'm just saying. Uh, he he did a he did a good job in that movie though. 
Do you remember who John Hurt is? I do. Like, face isn't coming to mind, but I know who you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> you probably yeah, would remember right him most as the guy that made you actually start watching Doctor Who for a little while. Yeah, he's the... He was the war doctor. The war doctor. You, you, watch, you watch some of that, that, that episode great. where that's, he, that's he turned That's my favorite episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so... All that is... Yeah, things are looking good. You know, some year, someday we're going to be like old men. And like we're going to have Robert Downey Jr. Taking over like as the... Um, like the cameos for the playing old men, like Stan Lee does, and oh well, by then it's like all right. So the hundredth film in the Marvel the one hundredth Spider Man will be. Oh, I mean, one day it's going to happen. Um, and then even Nick uh, Samuel Samuel L. Jackson announced that he's going to extend his contract. Uh, he confirmed he's not in Civil War, and that I think Avengers three was his last. Stand. movie so i think he wants to go past that as nick fury well obviously if he's extending his contract he's you're making good fucking money you're, yeah but you're like you're like oh he's extending his contract i think he wants to do it longer well i don't he, it didn't confirm that his last one i think he might have like one or two left so i don't know if he's appearing in another movie like mm-hmm. dr strange or mm-hmm. uh in humans I have no idea what this is, but when I when I did <laughs> search Spider-Man. for the when we thought it was five five kids that that did screen tests for Spider Man, I searched started searching five Spider Man, and I got I typed five Spider into Google, and it finished with five Spider Mans in one kayak. Yeah, and there's six there, and so. it gave us a picture of six people in a kayak, almost. Gotta update love this hashtag. Dude, shirt uh, pulled up. Hashtag update nine. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever that is. I wonder what context that picture is. I don't I don't want some things are better without context. Yeah, I'm just gonna send you that picture in a few days. So are you ready to uh put a coin in and head down the bean hole? I'm I'm ready to slide a coin in my bean hole. <laughs> well, today um we're gonna be talking about what? The iconic mm-hmm. Pac Man. Ooh. Yeah, thirty-five years this year. I think it was two weeks, two weeks ago. Celebrated his thirty-fifth anniversary. Oh my god, I'm so old. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> I mean, you're older than Pac-Man. Oh, you grew up with Pac-Man. It's good to I know. Grew up with Pac-Man. You grew up with Pac-Man. I'm oh. sorry that you know you only wanted to grow up with Pac-Man or miss Pac-Man. I actually wanted to grow up with Blinky, <laughs> not Clyde. Oh God, Clyde's a fucking disgusting disaster. <laughs> I it's it's Pac-Man's just one of those things. I don't think we really need to explain, but just to just to mention that uh, it was it was released in Japan by Namco on May twenty second, nineteen eighty. Um, and past I mean everything that we can talk about Pac-Man is all the cool stuff you might not know about, like on the fact that back. Back in the 80s, it wasn't, you know, a Japanese company would have a game and they themselves would bring it over to America. It was actually cheaper to find a distributor already in America, yeah. give them the code, they would build the cabinets and they would make money. It's just kind of like 
any kind of license, you know, like, yeah. Hey, you're allowed to do this. Well, it's a lot easier to, to ship it. Wow. In, in those days, it might've actually been like a couple sheets of paper with the code printed on it. Right. It's a lot easier right. to ship that than, than hundreds or thousands yourself. of cabinets that may or may not sell. Uh, so Namco based in Japan found uh, Midway who were, you know, of course, an American distributor for arcades. Midway, still around today. Bally. Well, at the time, they were Bally Midway, but Midway is the, the just the name now. Yeah, they spun off Bally into, like, a fitness company. Yep. Uh, That's not true. <laughs> I was <laughs> just taking your... I like, oh, well, he knows about this, but... Um, so they, they gave the code to, to Midway to distribute Pac-Man, which, it, as far as I think the Guinness World Records has gone down to say it's the... Uh, biggest coin-operated arcade machine of all time. Yeah. So uh, that just lets you know how big this thing got. I think by the 1990s, it made $2.5 billion in profit. Mm-hmm. So do the math. I mean, You're paying quarters to play, you know, where back then it wasn't. That's Ar- over 20 billion quarters. <laughs> now these days you have uh, machines that cost a dollar, 50 cents. Like everything back then was a quarter, even... Yep. Some are like ten yep. cents or and the classic eighties version of two player, which is exactly the same as one player, you just take turns. Yep. Like player one, try try out until you die, player two go. Um but anyway, uh, one of the things I always found Whoa, whoa, before you get on, let me I just want to talk about the stunning gorgeous display on on the pac-man uh cabinets this was a vertically oriented 224 by 288 pixel display you may recognize that as being fewer pixels than the apple watch yeah um we've grown up a lot since the 80s 16 colors yeah um for sound you had you had three channel mono, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> Just three mono speakers. Isn't that, is that trio? That's a two channel. Yeah, two channel mono is stereo, is it not? Or yeah, I don't know. Um, but the blazing fast, the the blazing. Wow, when I hold the when I hold the mic like that, it's listen to that. That's gross. You're in a tin can right now. Ugh. The blazing fat. I sound like AM radio. Classic podcast. The blazing fast. <laughs> Zilog Z80 3.072 megahertz CPU. Impressive technology. What I love is that this is also classic for the 80s is that if you look on the side of the game cabinet, they would have people make art, you know, to get, you know, yeah. uh, people to come in, spend their money. You could see the character. Pac-Man is a, is like a pizza with a, with one slice taken out. But they make this weird character with these giant red eyes and these feet being attacked by a ghost. I always found it happened in so many arcade machines. It was like Donkey Kong looked like a rhinoceros. Or, <laughs> like they would just draw something that didn't look like it belonged there, yeah. but it happened all the time. Yeah. Probably same artist too, just 
Always the same artist. Like, Everything in the 1980s was the same dude. <laughs> no, just the same guy messing up on designs. So, yeah. um, All right, let's go ahead. But yeah, so Midway had the... Well, one thing is that in Japan, his name was Puckman, which yes. if you've seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world, it's it's one of those lines in the movie where Scott wants to tell this tidbit of information to like five different people, but that... His name was Puckman because in Japan they're like, oh, he looks like a hockey puck. Yep. And of course, when it comes to America, we're like, pizza. Oh, pizza. <laughs> uh, so Puckman, uh, Midway wanted to change it because they figured that people would vandalize the P into an F and then it would be Puckman. So, <laughs> um, Fuck, man. Yeah, that would have been so cool. Very few times you actually see a company take take the thought of caution like, Okay, let's hold on before we do this. Because I feel like in so many other companies' hands, they would have just said, okay, this is money. Put it out there, Puck Man, you know? Yep. But anyway, change the name to Pac Man. But that's not all all Midway did because I don't know what they thought, but under, they seem to think that they had full control over Pac Man in America. And under that control, they made uh, Pac Man Plus. Junior Pac-Man, Baby Pac-Man, and Professor Pac-Man. And also, they got um, a group of hackers took Pac-Man and made a hack called Crazy Auto, which added levels and, and just a new structure to the game. They loved it so much, so they bought it from them. Yeah. From uh, General Computer Corporation. Yep called it Miss Pac-Man and put that into yeah. arcades. Well, well, to clarify, they they originally, it was going to be called Miss Pac-Man, like Miss, M-I-S-S, but because there's actually a little, um, there in one of the intermission scenes between levels, um, because there's a scene of a family, they, f- they were afraid of protests about the Pac-couple having a Pac-baby out of, pack wedlock see who thinks about this at least i gotta give <laughs> them credit they yeah. thought about the puck man and they thought yep. about like they thought about stuff that was ridiculous like that's something to think about now in 2015 of uh-oh people are going to be upset about this and they yeah. were thinking about this back in the 80s of yeah uh-oh a little video game might upset people let's change this yeah um, so they they changed the name to mrs pac-man but then ultimately right before um it really went out everywhere they changed it to ms pac-man which was pretty timely it was it was just becoming a term that people were using the, the Miz thing and uh and uh they found it was e- just easier to say Miz Pac-Man yeah and they were also uh, attributing it to the fact that Pac-Man I think still to this day it was the biggest game to uh that, that they found that a lot of women were playing like more women were playing Pac-Man than men because it was not such a a um a a genderized video game. Yeah, and they liked that. So now this is this is five games. I think they went back. I think like Pac Man Junior or Junior Pac Man was also designed by the guys who did Miss Pac Man. But uh, I think so. So mind you, that's five games that you released in to a country that weren't authorized by the creators. Right. Right. So. No, well, I think they I think they did it legally, like technically they had the right. Like they they were given the American rights for it, but it's it's very interesting that they 
We're like, okay, thanks for this awesome idea. And now we're not, we're going to use other people to make this stuff. I do want to say though, the, um, it's just interesting to me how the whole, how crazy auto developed into an official Pac-Man game. Cause it was, it was, as you said, it was programmers employed at general computer corporation. And what they had been doing was, uh, they were developing mod kits. They were like conversion kits where you would, um, they would like sell chips to solder on to the, the boards to modify some video games. Um, so you would go into a cabinet and actually like add electronic components or swap some out and it would change the way the game worked. And they had done one, um, for the game missile command that was called super missile attack and, and Atari sued them and the lawsuit was settled. But part of the settlement terms, um, may required general computer corporation to stop selling any conversion kits and like current or future without getting the consents consent of the original game manufacturer. Um, so, or at least the people who held the title. Um, so they ended up scrapping crazy, the crazy auto conversion kit they were making but they showed it to Midway. Like they were, they were like, we were going to sell this, but because Atari sued us, even though it has nothing to do with you, Atari sued us and now we can't sell it, but thought you might want to see it. And, and that is how Midway came across it is they just were like, Hey, we modified your game. Here you go. And they were like, awesome. Uh, let's can can we have it? And they, they bought the rights. Um, I believe because the settlement terms and costs and all that were were private, there's no way of knowing this for sure. But I believe that it it um, it ended up making it so that they didn't actually lose money over this lawsuit with um, Atari. Yeah, and that's what. Well, I think after the success of that, they had those guys mod Pac Man even more to other right. those other games. Right. Um, but Namco did eventually sue Midway for exceeding their license. And like a lot of, you know, um, lawsuits, they, they struck a deal. Uh, Miss Pac-Man was then officially brought in as the, the official sequel of Pac-Man from Namco. Mm-hmm. And to this day, Namco does own all of those games. Yeah. Uh, that, that even though Midway made on their own, they exceeded the license. Cause if you go back in, this is all legal stuff, but the license probably was only like for that one Pac-Man game and you have rights to promote it. And I don't know, but, uh, things worked out An- another here. Here's an interesting thing that I, most people don't know about, uh, Pac-Man is that the original creator of Pac-Man, the, the designer of it, uh, who is, a character in the game of uh, in the, the character a character in the uh movie Pixels. Not here to promote Pixels, but I think it's funny that they're actually using him as a character. <laughs> yeah. Uh Toru Iratani. Yep. Only developed one other Pac-Man game since the original. Actually I weren't they using Shigeo Funaki? There he's not playing himself. But his his likeness and character is being played by a, an actor. Uh, but he he developed the first Pac Man game and never 
Ne- never wanted to develop another one, you know, midway or um, yeah, uh, Namco went to him, wanted him to do other ones. He always, you know, just said, let other people do it. But right before his, because I get sweet checks without doing work. Well, Why he, am I going to start working? Well, he's too? The, he's the, no, well, he's the kind of guy, kind of like um, Notch in a way, where you create something really grind. Uh, he's not the kind of guy to just keep doing the same thing. He's the kind of guy who developed one thing. Hey, it's successful. Here you go. I want to move on to the next project. Yeah. Uh, but right before his retirement, he did develop the Pac-Man uh, Championship Edition. Mm-hmm. That you can get in your Xbox Live or uh, online and stuff, uh, and that was used for a new Pac-Man World Championship uh, in New York City in 2007. So right before his retirement, he created, developed one more Pac-Man game, and and I think it's a pretty damn good one if you've never played it. Cool. So that's uh, interesting. You want to talk for a minute about the the enemies? Yes. Um, of course, you have. They're the the red, pink, uh, cyan, and orange. The, the people the stink. <laughs> the red, the pink, and the stink. Um, uh, now in in Puckman, uh, you had I I believe it's pronounced Oikaki, Oikake, um, Machibuse, Kimagure, and Otoboke, and those translate to chaser, amber, <laughs> ambusher, fickle. And stupid. Yeah, the <laughs> names the names go right to exactly how the characters go. If no one, most people don't know this, but that there are certain, uh, does, there are certain things that the ghosts are supposed to do in the game. Yeah. The red one is always supposed to chase you. That's just it. It's not supposed to try to get in front of you at all. Follow you, follow you wherever you go. The pink one, its whole point is to try to get in front of you. Uh, the cyan one is uh, to be random. It'll pick however it wants to go. It can follow you. It could go in front. It can do whatever. The orange one is specifically designed just to just to be, as its name is translated, stupid. It's supposed to be stupid, and inevitably, it's one of those things that like you might run into it or right. might be in a spot you need to go. But very well, no, actually, uh, I just want to say the I the my research. Showed that the that um, the pink and the cyan, using slightly different patterns, are both supposed to get in front of you, and the orange one was always supposed. They the developers said it was supposed to be random, but if you really analyze it, um, it it's with some errors chases Pac-Man most of the time, but also moves toward the lower left corner of the maze when it gets close to him. Um, but, but because, but because they all have these slightly different patterns, um, it sort of gives them each a personality as yep. well as making the game more difficult. Cause it's not just four guys following you around in a line. It's, um, they really get into some sticky situations. Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde. That is what they're na- known as in America. Classic. However, that it's those are their nicknames. Right on the screen, right in the very first game, it said character slash nickname. So the we know them as Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde, but Blinky's real name is Shadow. Pinky's real name is Speedy. Inky's real name is Bashful, and Clyde's real name is Pokey. Yeah, and they're pretty. Even though they're not as straightforward as the 
ja- uh, the Japanese translations, those names pretty much still have to do with what their what their goal is to try to catch you. Yeah, I I love. I don't even know where they used this. Um, I have no idea where where they used this, but um, they're for the original Puck Man in some areas in Asia. Um, the characters were known as Urchin, Romp, Stylist, and Crybaby. <laughs> Romp. <laughs> it's stylist. Um, or alternately, Mackie, Mickey, Mucky, and Maki. Or red guy, pink guy, blue guy, and slow guy. Clyde always has... It's <laughs> Look at it. Clyde is, uh, is always the odd one out. It's red guy, pink guy, blue guy, and slow guy. Chaser, ambusher, fickle, and stupid. Stupid, slow guy, crybaby, pokey Clyde. That is, that is orange. <laughs> um, yeah. And of course, everyone knows Pac-Man is just an absolute pill popper. Yeah, it's really weird eating... Eating little dots, getting to the big ones, eating the fruit. Or I remember Miss Pac-Man, a pretzel, I think was one of the... Oh, really? Yeah, it was one of the things you had to get. Uh, one of the... here's This is one of the most... For me personally, this is an interesting little Pac-Man uh, tidbit. But uh, for his 30th anniversary, during the weekend of May 21st, 2010, Google changed their logo. Um. You know, Google does the the, Google, the logo on the they, search page. Yep, yep. The Google Doodle Google well, usually Google. will change things around to whatever events are going on. They had a fully playable version of Pac-Man, uh, and that uh, during that day, the first day it was brought, it, uh, there to- in total, four point eight million hours of work product productivity was was <laughs> lost on that day i think that might have been the first interactive google doodle it certainly was the first interactive one i ever saw yeah yeah and even there's some organ there were some uh, organizations that temporarily blocked the website that day due to the you know hey you're not allowed to play games on your computer <laughs> uh, yeah yeah but they kept it around you can still access it google it's like one of the first times they've ever kept one of their uh their doodles around uh, past its expiration date, just due to the due to the uh, popularity of it, and even during April Fool's Day this year, if you went on uh, Google Maps, you could go to any street and press. They had a Pac-Man button that would make your streets in your hometown all a Pac-Man game. Really? Yep. That's funny because that must have looked similar to a project that you may or may not have heard about. The Singapore government, <laughs> the government funded a project a scientific project um that let people basically be um be pac-man uh or feel what it's like to be pac-man the project was named human pac-man because they're super what original el- in the what Singapore else are you gonna call it yeah. um and Puck, Puck yeah you put on virtual reality goggles and walk around the street and you see giant edible well giant floating white dots in front of you and other people with with the virtual reality goggles uh chase you around and they sneak up on you tap you on the shoulder and um 
So there were in Singapore, actually, this was a government funded project. People running around with goggles, with, with cameras strapped to their faces. That's every day though. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, it was GPS enabled. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was. I I don't know. I don't think I have to explain that anymore. It's just batshit crazy, but but Pretty awesome. Though, but crazy time. awesome, crazy cool. Um, all right. You ever played Pac Man too? The new adventures. I got. I have a uh, a slight history with that game. There was a uh, back in the nineties. Sega Genesis was around. Uh, my mother would take me to. Galaxy Video. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. And one of the games that for some reason I would always the cover just intrigued me, Pac-Man 2: The New Adventures, and I I rented it about two or three times and it's one of those things that you don't like it and then maybe you go back a few months later and you're like, "All right, I'll give that another try." And then you go back a few months later like, "All right, I'll try <laughs> that again." I've been burned by that game so many times. It's it is the weirdest concept for a game, especially at that time. I to to explain it, it's legitimately there was a Pac Pac Man cartoon, of course, because everything had a cartoon in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was, if you can imagine, uh, Telltale has made a good uh, history of uh, point and click games. This was like a point and click game on a Sega Genesis, but not in a fun way. <laughs> Because the whole thing is that in a point and click game, your character, you know, you point and your character, you know, you click and your character will go to wherever you just clicked. Yeah. This is where, like, the game opens and Pac-Man's getting yelled at by Miss Pac-Man. Like, you're an asshole. You didn't get milk for the kids. The baby's crying. Get the fuck out and go get milk. <laughs> so the game starts and you're not told how the game works or what you're supposed to do. And Pac-Man just starts walking. And I think eventually, like, he comes to just a cliff that if you just don't stop things, he just walks off and dies. <laughs> but your whole thing is you're supposed to use your cursor and, like, hit a can. And he notices. He looks up, like, oh, a can. I'm going to climb. Like, it's it's ridiculous. It's weird. I don't know what the thought process was. But, yes, they tried to call it, like, the, the sequel to Pac-Man of, you know, Pac-Man 2. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know what, what what did they what did they say about it in the uh, in the article there. Um, that I mean he's he's he seems to be in an unhappy marriage. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it uh, very very you, you pretty much hit the nail right on the pack head. Uh, there's some I look I just look up videos on YouTube just put Pac-Man 2 there's a lot of let's plays for it because it is just one of those games that are completely what the like what the hell who designed this but uh, I think the only redeeming factor of that game is there are some funny moments with Pac-Man they make them very animated mm-hmm. you know um not that it's based off the show but that show came up with the idea for this but uh just you know, if he's on a hill and a boulder starts following him, he, he you know, there are some funny moments, but it is a pain in the ass game. Yeah. So, um, so looking back, I think that, you know, one of the great appeals of Pac-Man was it's in its simplicity. So like you can, you can imagine or project a lot of detail 
which is how I think you got some of those crazy cabinet designs. Like the artist has to imagine what this yellow circle, sometimes with a slice missing, actually represents. And to some people, it represents nothing more than exactly that yellow circle. Uh, and to some people, it's a, it's a dude in an unhappy marriage with arms and legs. And, um, but that's, that's the great thing about the simplicity. And it's cool to see that a lot of the mobile phone games right now, smartphone games, be, mostly because the screen sizes are so small. Um, no, like no matter how great the resolution is, the screen sizes are small and it's better in many cases to have the same level of simplicity, even though you do have more detail, it's just like, well, it's, it's just better to still keep it pretty simple. Mind you, your phone has more power than those arcade machines. Oh God. Like by like a thousand times. (laughs) So they could do more. You could have every Pac-Man game on your phone. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's just it's great to see that uh there are some in other mediums there are those early iconic characters that fall by the wayside uh-huh. you know um betty boop is one i can think of toot bronstein <laughs> no, no she's like for gone. for cartoons there are so many early cartoons that were beloved at a time but then they just like bosco they, and honey yeah they just disappear and What's that from? Bosco and Honey? Yeah. Those those are real, possibly racist cartoons. No, but was there an episode of a TV show that was based around that? Uh, I think they did like a... I think there was like a cutaway on Family Guy that was referencing them. I don't know. But it's just good to see that some, at least in video games, uh, have, have cherished those older games and characters and even something like uh pong both pong and pac-man are represented in smash brothers and the newest one mm-hmm. pong is a uh uh they call it game 43 or like first game or something but it's one of the assist trophies where there's actually a pong game going on while you're fighting and the ball actually when it hits people it hurts you <laughs> and then pac-man is a playable character so it's it's really cool to see that those old characters are still uh, cherished to yeah. this day and that people still give a shit, but, yeah. you know. When I was a kid, I had a pet Pac-Man. <laughs> He's a good pet. He he bit my finger a lot, though. Did you call him Charlie? Uh, that reference did exist when I was a child, you moron. <laughs> no offense, moron. What, what a childhood to not live in. What a childhood. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, any fun that you know? So um we'll be seeing Pac-Man at his 50th anniversary. I don't think that it's just such a simple game. I don't think it'll ever die. Every smartphone forever will have a a Pac-Man game or a clone. It's one of the most cloned games also. So mm-hmm. uh here's to you Pac-Man. Happy birthday and uh keep on beaning. Harry can